Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul. Hey! Hey! How's it going? Excellent! I'm out yeah. in the woods! Yeah! <laughs> so we have a change of scenery. Yeah, we have a little bit of change of scenery because my broadband at my house is down. Mm. So I'm actually right next to a tower. Um, I'm hoping it holds out for the whole show. And, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'm in the forest. Yeah, outside that's of a beautiful. little town in Colorado in the Rocky Mountains called Nederland, Colorado. Nice, nice, nice. My scenery is the same. I'm still on Bourbon Street, but I'm not getting drunk. So <laughs> <laughs> no drinking. Thank you. <laughs> well, Nederland, you know what's cool about Nederland is that they have tons of breweries. Oh, like really? that's the thing here. Yeah, people love to brew beer. And they actually used to have an event called Frozen Dead Guys, which is when they um, celebrate this guy that decided to freeze himself instead of dying. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember you told me about that. That was insane. I'm like. (laughs) It's kind of a weird thing. A lot of skiers and stuff come up. It's usually like in March when the snow is still pretty heavy. Um, cause you know, it's a ski, ski area up here. And then they do stuff like put, put a guy on a sled and push him through the snow and have races. And they have a lot of meat places down here with a fresh roast, uh, burgers and stuff. If you're into that kind of thing, of course they brew, they have a great Indian restaurant that I prefer and a pretty nice reservoir. Uh, to go look out onto the water that gets frozen solid in the winter. Yeah, it's a lot of it. It's a beautiful little, it's a cute little, cute little mountain town. Right. A couple of dispensaries if you want to buy <laughs> cannabis, um, you know, and and about lots of hippies. There this is go. actually, the, the town is actually famous for just a little history. The town is famous for allowing Jimi Hendrix and lots of other big stars like that come and smoke cannabis while they filmed their uh or while they recorded their albums Mm. it was one of the Mm. first places in the country to legalize cannabis so uh so that's that's netherland colorado and now there's a cute little carousel that you can ride for two bucks that was made by a vet which is pretty neat so yeah it's a cool place if you ever go to the rocky mountains check it out oh definitely Definitely. It sounds cool. I was telling you, I said, yeah, put me up on that carousel. I don't mind. <laughs> I yeah. Like, oh, it's great. Like they, call it the, they call it the carousel of happiness. I'm like, when you walk out, Hey, you're happy. Oh, so that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> so 
I just want to make sure that we introduce ourselves because sometimes yes. people might be catching this show for the first time. Um, so I'm Hollis Taylor. I'm the author of Divine Androgen. It's a sacred path for gender variant people. It's a book about um, harvesting your most authentic path. You know, being non-binary in a binary world or any kind of gender variance, including, you know, gay men that are a little bit just a little queer or uh, lesbians that are a little butch. And when you start to bend gender, you have a special path. And that's what it's all about. And Lacrosse, tell them who you are. I'm Lacrosse Ortiz. I am a Jewish Taino atheist. Um, I believe that spirituality doesn't necessarily need a divine. I think it's all about yourself and your journey. Um, so in being atheist, a lot of people are like, well, but how can you be spiritual? Very easy. It has nothing to do with God. It has to do with your path and your journey. Um, yeah, and that's me. Fantastic. And uh, today's, um, I chose today's topic. I actually um, came across this person through my partner, actually, um, and through some mutual networks that we're both part of. Um, but it's also important to me and personally, because I'm also a psychic and, um, and, a, and, you know, uh, I do a lot of mediumship. Um, but today's topic is about channeling. Mm. And, um, I, I thought that channeling is, is a beautiful, is a beautiful thing. Um, if you, when you really tap into it, when you really believe it and harvest it, it can bring a lot of great stuff into your life. I don't know what your experience is with channeling. I see. I don't. Maybe I don't. Maybe I know it by a different word. But probably as as we go on talking about it, and I'll be like, "Oh, wait, this is what we call it, or this is what it is over here." Because I'm not familiar with okay. with channeling. So, but it, like I said, it might return to be something else, and I'll be like, "Oh, yeah, I know what that is." <laughs> well, it's essentially what would happen in like. Uh, um, but well, we'll define it. We'll define yeah. it here um, with our guest. Our guest is River. River, let's let's bring River out, and so they can tell us about who they are. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome, River. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful you're here. And you know, um, even for me, while I was sitting there, I was like, "Gosh, how do you define channeling?" Right. But why don't you first tell us, tell us who you are first, River. Sure. I am River Lightbearer, your compassionate catalyst, because I have to brand myself, of course. Um, I have been working with my guides since I was very, very young and coming from a traumatic background. My guides have supported me and helped me get to building a life that I actually want to live. And so I work with other people who have had traumatic events or negative events in their lives who know that it's time for them to change. It's time for their life to change, but they're kind of stuck on how to get there and where to go. And so my guides and I kind of, well, guide them. Fantastic. And so why don't you, I think we should start with the obvious question, which is what is channeling? Like, 
what is that? Can we define that? Which if you're for me, it's kind of hard because I'm like, Hmm, how do I define channeling? And yeah, I use my guides too. Um, meaning like, uh, I have, um, guides that people that have passed over my father. And so I actually have a drag queen that was killed for her art. Um, and, um, some other, um, people that have passed over that now watch over me and I would call them my guides Mm -hmm. and or my guardian angels for a lack of a better word um and they um help bring through other uh energies when i do mediumship i channel a lot i also channel when i'm doing astrology but when i'm doing mediumship those people that are my guardians bring through other messages for the person i'm reading for uh, or the or someone near me or someone in my circle that would be able to hear me. Sometimes it's not the person I thought it was for. Um, when I channel in astrology, they just kind of bring messages through and I just kind of get out of the way and other things come through. And mm -hmm. I would call that channeling. And, and, and some people channel like in music and stuff. How would you define channeling river? Basically, I define channeling as a process in which a human connects with a being of higher energetic vibration to receive guidance and wisdom. Okay. That, that is the definition that it took me about eight years to come up with <laughs> because it, it, it really can be defined so many different ways. So I, that is how I define channeling for what I do. And it's how I define channeling when I'm teaching people. But, you know, the beings that I work with when I channel are spirit guides who, you know, they were human once. They did what they needed to do when they were incarnate. Now they don't need to be incarnate anymore, but they're still working with humans to help us because it's part of their spiritual path as well as ours. And they're not people that were part of my life in this lifetime, although one of them says that we shared a lifetime a few hundred years ago. So for whatever that's worth. Um, I also work with a being of light called Shiva, and he's the one that I actually channel when I'm working for other people. And I have recently started channeling another being called Piet Kela, who refuses to tell me what kind of being he is because he says I get too hung up on labels. <laughs> That's hilarious, actually. Um, uh, when spirits kind of do that kind of thing where they kind of say, no, I'm not going to tell you this bit of information because it's not necessary. Um, that's it's not necessary or it's necessary for your spiritual growth that you not have this information because you're going to get too hung up on it. And, you know, the whole reason that these beings work with us is to help us in our spiritual growth by whatever definition of spiritual. You know, it doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be about God or angels or anything. And, you know, I use the terms spirit guides and beings of light because that those are terms that more humans are familiar with, but that's not the terms that they use for themselves. You know, they're, they're 
their fear, their philosophy is kind of humans need words. Let's give them words. Right. So even, yeah. even their names like Shiva and Piakela, those aren't their actual names. Um, Shiva doesn't have an actual name in his true form because he doesn't need one. And Piakela has informed me that his name is not something that a human mouth can pronounce. So those are names that they give for our convenience because they want, they want to help us. And they know that in order for us to be helped, they need to give us something in our comfort zone. But it's also for their spiritual growth too. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just doing this for our benefit. They benefit from it as well. That's kind of one of my experiences too, the people with the people that have died and passed over that they're actually in service to me in some ways that mm -hmm. by doing this, some of them are um, taking care of some karmic things that they need to take care of. So almost everyone that passes that's around you will almost always become a guardian unless they're a child. Um, but I found that almost everyone that has passed will come through as a guardian for me at some point. Um, but that's just, you know, my belief system. And I guess everyone has a different one. So lacrosse, do you have like something that would be defined in this way? I'm sure you do. Yeah, I guess like with us, anybody who has passed is considered an ancestor. So um, with with our indigenous tribe, we're always calling upon them. And I guess that's what channeling would be. We call them for guidance. We call them for help. We call them for um, wisdom, understanding. Um, also, but then in like my scientific mindset, I believe that since I don't really believe in so much of that, uh, the energy, it's that energy, whether it's light or whatever, and energy always returns to what's familiar. So hence your spirit guides, you know, like if you lose somebody that's very close, like I always feel my dad's energy a lot and my mom since they passed. And um, maybe it's because they just come back because it's familiar. I mean, I was their child. Um, and sometimes there are things that I'll be going through and I'm thinking, wow, what would dad or mom think or, or do at this moment? And it just kind of clicks up and I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, thanks dad. You know, the energy was there and it was familiar. So that's kind of where I see it. And I have a thunderstorm going on, so bear with me if it starts getting loud. I was about to say, there's motorcycles passing by. Yeah, yeah, I have a thunderstorm, so I'm, I'm like, on oh. highway, so. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so, so River, it sounds like um, you... Uh, develop this over time, right? Like this isn't something that you just came upon and six months later you were channeling, right? No, Tell no. I, uh, my guides started speaking to me when I was very, very young. I was probably two years old. I was in an environment where the adults that were supposed to be protecting me and loving me and caring for me were not. Um, and I needed to be protected and I needed to be taken care of. I was a very young child. And so my guides, in, in my belief system at any rate, everybody has guides. They are with us from the moment we are incarnate. Some of them are with us for multiple incarnations. And so my guides were already there. And when they realized 
that I needed help. And they realized I was kind of crying out to the universe for help without knowing it because I was two. So they kind of came in and put energetic protections into place. So they were the only ones who could speak to me. So they protected me like I needed. And, um, and they spoke to me. They t told me things that I needed to know. They got me through some really tough times. When I was little, I didn't know enough not to talk to the adults around me about them. So the adults indulgently petted me on the head and said, it's so sweet that you have imaginary friends. And I said, they're not imaginary, they're invisible. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was very, very vehement on that note. Unfortunately, as I got older, I, you know, kind of drank the uh, grown up drink there and said, okay, uh, the grown-ups probably know, and I'm supposed to be outgrowing these beings, but they're still talking to me. One of them helped me pass a math test in junior year of high school in a subject that I had been failing up until that point. Um, and uh, I didn't really understand who they were or why they were with me until I was in my mid-30s. And I became friends with somebody who practiced energy healing and channeling. And, you know, we, we bonded over writing first. We were both writers. But then he started talking to me about this other stuff. And I realized, okay, so these beings are my guides. And he's like, yes, they're your guides. And when, when you work with beings you're never gonna have the same energetic vibration that they do because a, a discarnate being has a higher energetic vibration than any incarnate being just because incarnating lowers our vibration. That's just the nature of having a physical form. But you have to have like an equivalent or a complementary vibration to be able to work with them. Okay. So Shiva being a being of light has a very, very high energetic vibration. And because of my experiences, I had been unable to, or he had been unable to safely connect with me for many years. He was still around, but one of my spirit guides was kind of acting as an intermediary. Okay. And when I started working with my friend, he did some energy work with me. We did some work with his guide as well. His guide was also a being of light and they helped me re restore the connection with Shiva. And then they taught me how to channel. And I said, you want me to do what now? Hmm. <laughs> you want me to close my eyes and go into trance and let this being talk to other people using my body, what? <laughs> right even though you had uh, done it as a child, really. Right, well, I mean, I had never really like trance channeled as a child. I, I passed things along that my guides told me, but mostly I kept it to myself, especially as I, you know, got into middle school and realized that people might think I was a little bit- uh, Weird. Not all there. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but when I started working with my friend, yeah, you know, he and his guide helped me restore the connection with Shiva. And between 
the human and the two guides they taught me how to channel for other people. And it was a process of learning to trust, which was not something that I was particularly skilled at. It was a process of trusting myself, of trusting Shiva, of trusting the people who came to me for channeling. And it's taken a lot of work. For a few years, I was living in Maine at the time, and for a few years I did channeling sessions at a store there. And then my kids and I moved to Massachusetts, where we live now, and I kind of had to raise my kids, so I put it all on hold. Well, I put channeling for other people on hold, but my guides were still with me, talking me through the relocation, talking me through trying to parent. There was a lot going on and my guides were with me every step of the way. And a, a few years ago, I was informed um, by discarnate beings other than my guides that it was time to start doing this work for other people again. And so I, I, I did. <laughs> So, so what do you think? Do you think, um, and this is a question that, that comes up amongst mediums and channelers and psychics. So do you think anyone can channel? Do you think if someone has the desire to channel that they can? Or do you think it's a special gift that's given to people? What do you think? Of, like, I personally think that anyone that has the desire is supposed to channel. So if the desire's in your heart, then you can do it. You just have to maybe tap into the skill. Um, and maybe you just haven't come across the right teacher yet, or you have to look for the right teacher. Maybe it's not time yet. Um, but at some point, if you really want to be a channeler or a psychic or a medium or any of those things, that if you search it out, it will happen. Um, that's pretty much my opin opinion, though. Uh, what do you think about that? I... So the, let me let me word, because I am a human who doesn't always human word well. Okay. Um, but I I believe that people can learn to channel absolutely, but I don't believe that it's everybody's path. So I I believe that when we're born, we have certain certain paths that we kind of chose before incarnation. We're not necessarily going to follow them though, because free will, you know, overrules everything. So if on a soul level we say, okay, in this lifetime, I want to do this, this, and this, and then we incarnate and then say and say, yeah, screw it, don't want to do that anymore. You know, we the the incarnate person wins because free will overrules whatever, you know, destiny is laid out before us. But I don't believe that channeling is intended to be everybody's path. And sometimes people's guides are not willing to be channeled. They're with the person to work for that person and not to work with them for other people. But if it is something that is part of somebody's path or that they want to be part of their path, I absolutely believe that they can learn to do it. They, you can learn mediumship, you can learn to read tarot, you can read, you know, any of this stuff can be learned. Mm -hmm. But it's not for everybody. 
It's not going to resonate for everybody. It's not going to be what everybody wants to do. Um, you know, if somebody, if somebody wants to, and they really have a desire then, and their guides are on board with it, then absolutely. Then, you know, they can learn. It's important to learn to do it in a safe way, because especially if you don't already have the connection with your guides in place, like your guides are there, but if you don't already know that they're there and you've been talking to them, there's always the risk that a being that isn't a guide and doesn't necessarily have the best of intentions might show up. So I always recommend if somebody wants to learn channeling, they either work with a trained channel who is also you know, um, skilled in helping other people, or they buy a book that was written by a trained channel that because the book the book is going to carry the same energy and the same protections from the channel's guides that doing a, an in-person lesson would. So absolutely people can learn to channel if they feel that it's part of their path, but I think that it's very important to do it in a safe way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and that's a that's a whole other discussion about entities, and I, I don't always think that spirits have bad intentions. I just think that their intentions may not align with your intentions. I don't necessarily believe in spirits that um, mean harm to you, um, but I know that a lot of people do, and that's okay. Um, I realize that it's an unpopular belief. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, when you think about it with like people who, who are alive, you know, some people aren't bad. They're just not, they're just not working for you. You know, I don't, I think it wouldn't be any different with energy. Not every energy is going to vibe with you, you know, right. it, it, what could be good, good for somebody else is toxic for me. You know? Right, exactly. And I think it's kind of comes from the same belief that yeah. there there aren't really bad people. There are traumatized people that right. act out that trauma, um, but there are no actual bad people in the world. Um, that people are just born in trauma or whatever kind of messed up shit they have going on. Right. Just like, you know, River, you explained it. I also had a similar um, childhood um just nobody was around so it was no big deal for me to talk to spirits but i knew what i was i knew i was talking to dead people um and uh you know um my friends some of my friends thought it was weird if if i told them some of my friends thought it was pretty cool um and were interested in more of it but uh yeah definitely and I, i'm not even sure my parents noticed or any any adult in my life even noticed um, cause they never around to talk to me. So <laughs> it just didn't matter. It was sort of inconstant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I find that now as channeling and, and as channeling goes, um, that it seems to come in different forms for different people, mm -hmm. um, in different ways. And, um, I don't, I don't think any two people channel the same. That's what I notice. Everybody seems to have their own way of doing it. Would you agree with that, River? Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot of people who channel, but there are so many different definitions. There are so many different 
names that we give the beings. There are so many different ways of doing it. You know, when I when I do a channeling session for another person, it ends up being part channeling, part mentoring, part coaching, you know, and it, it's, and sometimes I'm doing it by relay where I'm, I'm the one talking just like I am now, but my guide is telling me what to say. And sometimes I do it in trance. So my guide gets to talk directly, which weirds some people out. So most people prefer the relayed channeling. Um, because it, it can be a bit disconcerting to have the energy shifts. And, you know, if I'm channeling Shiva, my eyes are closed, which disturbs some people. And the voice changes. It still sounds enough like my voice because it is my vocal cords. But Shiva's voice is deeper. It has a different cadence. He has an accent. I don't know what the accent is. But he has an accent and I can't duplicate it. I've tried. Um, so, you know, that's how I do channeling for other people. But I also channel by writing. I can go into trance, you know, as long as I make sure I've got my fingers on the right keys. We've discovered I have to put my hands on the keyboard before I go into trance. But as long as I do that, I can go into trance and Shiva can just type. And then I come out of trance and read what's there and have to correct a bunch of typos. But. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But I've totally done that. Yeah. I get it. And so, you know, there's like, I've mentioned, there's a couple of different ways that channeling can come through. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and a, a lot of different reasons to do it. Right. Um, and so, like, what I think about is, like, well, why? Why bother? And for me, it was, like you, it helped my life, like, as a parent um, and even as a young, as a youth, um, when I came close to death, when I tried to commit suicide um, and when I was cutting and things like that, when I was really troubled, um, these spirits would step in and say, it's not your time. You can't stop trying to die. It's not your time. Mm -hmm. Literally. Uh, I actually died and got, I got, I got really stoned one day and got hit by a car and I flew up in the air and tumbled around and landed in the middle of the road. So this is a near death experience. And I, in the ambulance, uh, took me to the ER and I guess I died in the ER for a half second or something. Like I just kind of left that world and a being in the light came up to me and said, <laughs> pushed me back, literally just pushed me like someone would start a fight with you almost and said, it's not your time. Go back and stop trying to die. Um, so I, I, I uh, made some changes after that stop doing so many drugs and things like that. But I think um, depending on your own situation, um, spirits have different, I've had spirits come through me when I'm performing drag. Um, they come through and embody me um, and, and make my performance a certain thing, a certain way. 
um, or come across and deliver certain messages and interact with certain people in the crowd. Um, and I don't really get why, except that that's what they wanted me to do. And they just kind of take over and embody me. And uh, I definitely have a, a dead drag queen. She was killed, um, I think, in the 60s or something um, for performing her art. Um, she was murdered. And so her spirit uh, lingers on and around me in particular. And um, so she's, oh, and that's why she made me the drag king she always dreamed of. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and so she'll, she'll push me through to certain things and push me to certain queens. And then the other channelings that I do is usually for the person that I'm reading for. Now that I'm called to do readings for other people, um, the channeling comes through because they have to hear me say something. I have to say something to them. So I think a good question is, like, why channel? Why does it, why, why can't we just figure these things out on our own? Why, what, why, why do we have it? Why do you think it's there? For the same reason we have friends and therapists and doctors and parents and, you know, it's, it, humans can figure out what's going on in other people's lives a whole lot easier than we can figure out our own. And having guidance and support, whether it's from another human being or a spirit or a being of light helps you know I, I i actually did a psychic fair today and i i told everybody who came to me for a reading it's not our job to give you the answers my guides and my guide is not going to give you the answers we're going to help you find the answers and in my experience you know that that's what guides are with us for they're they're not here to tell us how to live our lives they're not here to tell us what to do they're here to support us, to protect us, and they're here to help us recognize that we have the answers and we have the power in ourselves, and we just need somebody else to point it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there were, there were a yeah. couple of comments I noticed oh, yeah? here. Yeah, um, it was one. You think certain people are chose for this with the connections and opened to it? Um, I don't. I don't think that it's certain people that are chosen. Everybody has guides. If you are a human being, you have guides. You have that connection. It's just that not everybody's aware of it. the The majority of people aren't. But you can learn to consciously connect with your guides. And as far as being chosen for something, my, my belief system doesn't include being chosen by a higher power or being destined for things because free will. And, you know, my guides support that in the conversations that we've had. Free, free will rules everything. So if you choose to connect with your guides and learn to channel, you can do that. It, it's not, you don't have to be some special person to be able to have that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would agree. 
Is there any more good comments out there? Yeah. Uh, Evie, sometimes we know, wait, sometimes we know why we are called to channel. Other times we don't always know why we are given, given that gift. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think like all of us, we all have some certain gifts that we all have. Sometimes we don't want them, but, but we got them, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I definitely went through a time, I don't know about you, River, if you ever went through this, but I went through a time um, in my life that I didn't like being a medium um, because it was hard to be in a hospital. Um, I could sense when people were going to die and energies would lurk in the hospital and sometimes spirits would tap me and tap me and tap me. And let me just clue you in. If you're a nurse, they're not going to be happy to hear that you had to clear the spirit at the end of the hallway before you could continue your job. Um, and so I had to make an agreement that I would take my hat off. Um, whatever hat, if I'm wearing a hat, um, spirits, are not, uh, spirits are not allowed to tap me. Um, and there, uh, there were, and I, and sometimes I will intentionally keep my hat on, um, if I know a spirit is around because I don't, I can't help every spirit that's out there lingering in every corner. Um, when I was at the Grand Canyon, there was a, a spirit there and there's spirits in all kinds of buildings and things and, and it can make me uncomfortable and there are times that I was like, why am I a medium? This is stupid. And why am I doing this? And to be honest, then 2020 happened. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. Okay, well, I guess I'm being called to service. So have you ever had a time in your life, River, where you kind of have the gift, but you don't really want it? It's not so much not really wanting it as not believing I'm worth it. Okay. With, you know, trauma history again. Um, you know, I never questioned having my guides with me, which may have been because I didn't know they were my guides until I was 36. Um, you know, I just figured they were my invisible friends that I didn't outgrow the way that you're supposed to outgrow them. Um, <laughs> but as far as channeling for other people, I have had a lot of doubts because I deal with a lot of imposter syndrome. And so I'm constantly, you know, why am I the one who has to do this? What if I screw up? What if I tell somebody something wrong? What if I'm not hearing you properly? When I started working with Piet Kela, it, it was just a few months ago that I started that, you know, I'd been talking with Piet Kela. I didn't know he was one of my guides until I had a reading done at a store and they said, oh, well, you know, this guide that you're already channeling isn't the one that you're gonna be channeling. There's another one. And I asked about it on the way home and Shiva said, yeah, it's the one that you've already been talking to. He's actually your guide. I'm like, okay, so y'all have been tricking me here. That's that's great. Um, but when I started working with Piet Kala, he's telling me, you know, not only are you being called to channel for other people you're being called to teach them you're being called to teach them how to connect with their guides to teach them how to channel and i went through the whole thing all over again i can't do that i'm not good enough i'm not 
you know, what if I mess up? What if, you know, all, all the doubts and all the questions. Um, fortunately, my guides understand why I have all the doubts and all the questions. And they're very tall. But, you know, I definitely go through times when I say, should I really be doing this? Am I really the right person for, for doing this? And then I think about it and I kind of, you know, curl up in a ball in the corner for a few minutes and, and say, I help people and I want to help people. And apparently this is how I help people. So. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. There's definitely times I feel doubt um, and it doesn't help if someone comes to you in doubt, like, if they're doubting you and then you're like, you can sense that they're doubting you, whether they say it or not. And then you're like, um, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to read for you because I feel like you're testing me now and I haven't even started. Right. So what's going to happen is I'm going to end up doubting myself the whole time and it's not going to come out right. So I need you to believe in me so that I can do it. Like, that's what I tell my, I tell my clients that. So is there any other good um, comments for Cross? Yeah, actually right here. Um, Evie, again, one of the hardest things is when channeling, we may not even realize we are doing it. <clears throat> so until it just flows out. And if we are later asked by the person about what we had said, we may not even recall what was said because it was flowing through us, not from us. And that is the energy shifts. I have had that experience, not not so much when I do related to channeling, but even then, you know, especially because I'm working with a being of light, the energy shifts are huge. Like if I'm if I'm channeling, I could be sitting in a 50 degree room and I would be sweating because the energy is so high. And for me, that manifests as heat. But also for me, when my guide backs off or when I come out of trance, if I'm doing trance channeling, the energy shifts totally wipe my memory. I, I have to have things recorded. And um, there are times when I'm doing a channeling for somebody else where with, regardless of which one of us is speaking out loud, me or, or my guide, the guide will be saying to me privately, pay attention to what I'm saying right now because it's for you as well as this other person. And then they help me remember it later so I can type it. But yeah, you know, the, the energy shifts really do affect the memory and they affect the memory of the channel and of the person who's receiving the channeling sometimes. So I always, you know, if I'm doing Zoom, I record it and send the recording to my client or I recommend that they take notes or something because it, it's, it's not even that it's not even that it's not coming from me. It's just the energy. The energy wipes it. So yeah. is there a difference between a channeler and a medium? The, to me, there is. Okay. And I'm going to, I differentiate and not everybody does. Um, but to me, a channel is somebody who works with one of the higher energetic beings, the spirit guide, being of light, etc. Um, some channels don't work directly with their own guides. They channel collectives like the Pleiadians, 
Um, a medium, and again, this is just my definition, but a medium is the is the person that works directly with dead spirits. So a medium does a form of channeling, but I was taught, and so I use the terms this way, that a medium is somebody who is speaking with and delivering messages from spirits who have departed this lifetime. And a channel is some, or, you know, could be a previous lifetime, but not like a long time ago. And a channel is somebody who's working with a being of higher vibration, either one that's never been incarnate or one that has completed incarnating and doesn't need to anymore. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, oh. I, I, I got a little confused there because I'm like, it's, there are some mediums who can actually channel people who have been deceased. So mm-hmm. that's why I was trying to. Right. And I think for me, um, channeling, there are beings in my, I don't give them names because they don't have a name, sort of like you were saying, River, like they don't have a name that I can pronounce or even share with any of us. Um, And they're just energies that are around me. I've definitely channeled... uh, what I would call star beings. Um, And that's definitely happened to me as well. Um, That actually happened to me at the beginning of COVID. um, Mm -hmm. And I had a complete download of everything I have to do. Um, And so, you know, like that was, that was kind of a weird experience, but, and it definitely feels different than when I'm communicating with a dead spirit in a house, for instance, but it's still channeling to me because I'm not saying it. And mm-hmm. I don't remember either, River. So I totally get that part where, like, I've completely channeled something for someone. And they're like, do you remember what you said the other day in my re? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, you know, and so I do sometimes tell people to make sure they record it or something because um, because I I don't always remember now an astrology reading or something i might remember it but i feel like the star being that i deal with um that is in my energy realm is the one that comes through when i do astrology Mm -hmm. so um and they kind of they kind of want me to learn the science of astrology as well as channel what they have so, you know, I guess different energies, wouldn't you say that, River, that different energies feel different and also have different messages to deliver? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just like different humans have different perspectives, different beings have different perspectives. Now, I, I channel either Shiva or Piet Kala. They're the ones that, you know, they give me messages to give to other people and but I work with a, a baseball team of guides. You know, I have I have a guide that's sitting with me right now, helping me word because verbal communication is one of my weaker points. So I've got a guide sitting with me right now, saying, you know, make sure you say this, and helping me put the words together. I have a guide that works with, I have two guides that work with me when I do my energy healing sessions. 
one of them is helping me direct the healing energies and the other one is saying things like stand up straight stop locking your knees (laughs) (laughs) trying to help you take care of your own body right (laughs) yes well, I mean, if, if I if I'm not standing up straight, my back's going to start to hurt, and I'm not going to be doing a very effective session for my for my client. But you know, I there there are a lot of different types of beings that speak to us, and some of them are with us for us to channel to other people if that is part of our path, and some of them are just with us to help us with our own lives, and that might be our spiritual life, you know, I have a, I have a guide who helps me with my spiritual path. Um, it might be with our posture and not locking our knees. I have one, I have one who calls himself the discorporate entity guidance system and helps me find my way around when I'm driving. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I totally get it. I have a couple scouts. Um, so are there any other comments that we should know? Yeah, right here. Have you ever had the, by Evie, have you ever had the experience of just talking with somebody and they ask you something and information starts flowing? What, when I was growing up, Pentecostal calls words of knowledge. <clears throat> and they may, they may be touched by it and concur with this a lot but find something that they say is not the case only to have them come back and ask about the part they said was not accurate because they found out sooner sooner after that it was indeed the case. I'm sure I have an answer for that. Okay. Go ahead, River. So, you know, it doesn't happen so much when I'm just having a conversation with somebody because my, my personal code of ethics, I won't channel for somebody unless they specifically ask me to channel for them. My guides won't give me information to give to them unless they have asked for it. Um, but I did do an email channeling for somebody two years ago who read it and said, I'm not sure about some of this stuff. And I know I promised you a testimonial, but I'm going to hold off until I see how things played out. Fast forward to two months ago when she messaged me and said, oh my God, I just reread this channeling and everything Shiva said was right. (laughs) Some of this, and there was one piece of it that she ignored. Like she, she followed all of Shiva's other suggestions and everything he said came to pass except for one thing because she ignored one suggestion. And she said, and so, you know, fast forward to now two weeks ago, she messaged me again and said, so I ignored this thing from this channeling and, but everything else Shiva said was right. So I'm not ignoring this thing anymore. And I just did this and now it's working. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, the words of knowledge, you know, you know, who else does that Eve, um, is, uh, the Quakers. If you've ever been to a Quaker meeting, um, everybody sits in silence until you are moved to talk and they kind of channel in a way, if you've ever Mm -hmm. witnessed it live, I've been to a Quaker, um, 
service before and that's exactly i was like whoa these people are channeling (laughs) and (laughs) i was like whoa and um it was it was pretty intense um actually and i would say it's definitely happened to me like uh i'll just feel something um now river for you i hear that you get consent first and i do kind of too sometimes what i'll say is you know i i just i keep getting this hit that i need to tell you this and i don't know if you want to hear it and it might make sense or not i don't know but i should tell you this and even with lacrosse on <laughs> rainbow soul i was like lacrosse i keep getting this hit that you and i are supposed to do this show and he's just like okay i mean i guess i could you know and he was not sure if it made sense and i was like but i keep getting this hit that and that's what i would say is i would say i get a a feeling or a hit or an or it just keeps coming up for me and now we know why right lacrosse but 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 um so that's how i do it that's how i deliver something i'm getting in the moment Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess I'm not really asking for consent, but I'm I'm saying I'm I'm giving the preface. You don't have to listen to this if right. you don't want to. You could say no. There's always free will. But I'm really getting that this would be important for us. So yeah. Um. So it's it's an important. I guess I guess consent is pretty important, River. And I agree with you that it is important. Like. I have had some other uh, pretty weird things happen to me, um, but, um, you know, uh, where I did kind of send a piece back from a dead person back to uh, an old friend, and I didn't know that she had always said she would send it back to him, Um, but I found that out later that she had promised when she was living that she would and i just got this hit that i had to send it back to him that it was the only right thing to do because they were going to throw it in the fire and uh because it was her funeral you know around the fire Mm -hmm. and um so i i uh i have had that experience and in my experience now i'm going to tell you that my friend at first was very grateful for me for it and said wow she had always promised and then got mad at me afterwards and now they won't speak to me Mm -hmm. um but it's it's okay um they sometimes can be like that with their friends and that's okay it's it's really okay um but um i i i you know i have had that experience so of of saying of doing something like that and then later <laughs> uh going uh-oh i guess yeah. i upset that person by sending it back and i was really just trying to bring healing in his heart because the two of them had been really good friends and then became enemies mm-hmm. um so there was some sort of healing trying to happen there and that was that couldn't happen um unless i sent it back so and that's okay, right? It's okay that that happened. I feel like it's okay with my with my guides 
my guides are like, it's okay. We knew that would happen. It's, it's okay. No worries. And I'm like, oh man, did I hurt this poor guy? <laughs> you know? So I think consent is important and maybe I should have had more consent, but I did call him and say, I have it and I'm going to send this back to you. So he did know I was going to send it back to him. Yeah. I mean, so, to, to me, that is asking consent. He could have said, no, don't send it. Yeah, he could have said that, but he didn't. So, <laughs> um, but you know, crap happens and sometimes I freak, I, maybe I just freaked him out, you know, because I, you know, you know, I'm sure that's happened to you, River, where you say things or do things um, that are being guided by your spirit that later the person kind of judges you for it and maybe takes space or distance from you because of it. Like maybe they think you're strange or whatever. Well, I am strange, so. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. So, you know, um, is there anything else, LaCrosse? Um, at the moment, let me just kind of look back. I mean, we had a lot of people saying hello, which we didn't get to address. Um, of course, Sandy said hello. Rick Winter, Eric Harrelson, Andrea Vanderella. And Evie and Seer, Seer K, Seer KPS, Lendorman, I think. Okay. So I hope I said that right. And if I didn't, I'm sorry. I apologize. So, yeah, we got a lot of hellos and a lot of people who were commenting. Um, oh, and Whitley. Whitley said hello. <laughs> um. So, yeah, well, I think it's totally awesome. And I think we're just about at a, at a little break. And I want to just tell the community um, that we're going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to do a tarot reading for everybody when we come back after the commercial break. And LaCrosse is going to do his dream interpretation at the end. So if you have a dream, write it in the chat and LaCrosse will do an interpretation at the end for you. So get, get your get your dream up in there, but we're gonna do my tarot reading in the middle this time. So anyway, time for a commercial break. We'll take a little break. Okay. Divine Androgen, a sacred path for gender variant people. A book dedicated to every drag performer, transgender person, and other gender variant people that have passed to the other side, that have suffered the wrath of our binary world. Thank you for living your truth and treading us a path. We are sorry that in many cases that cost you your life. Now, we ask for your assistance in helping humans evolve so that we may all live in peace and equality. We honor your life by walking our own personal path of authenticity get this amazing book all about living as a non-binary person a gender variant person in a binary world how to navigate it how to harvest your true self when you're surrounded by binary it's a guidebook for people searching for their true selves the book is intended for people that are gender variant and can be helpful for people searching for a more authentic self or clearing trauma. This book 
is about treading your own path. It includes my story in the beginning, all about how I figured out how I express gender and now how it comes out for me, how I discovered it, and how I dealt in the world as a response to that. And it also details out the ways that I unfolded myself in a way that helped me live in a binary world, even though I was non-binary. There are steps in here to help you define your own path. Hollis uses the word divine androgen. It's like a label to define someone that defines their own authentic path regardless of their gender expression, in a way to say that it is sacred to be non-binary, to be transgender, to be queer. It is sacred. Not religious. No, no. We're talking about more of a spiritual, conscious awareness of ourselves and our path on authenticity. This book is about defining your path of authenticity as authentic and unique as that is for you. You can also order the book at divineandrogen.com. All right, we're back. We well, switched up. <laughs> yeah, we sure did switch it up. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to bring through my cards. This is the Love is Love deck. And just in case you haven't seen a reading by me before, this is a, a LGBTQ collaborative deck, meaning that every single card is done by a different LGBTQIA person, um, a different artist. And so it's a really special deck. And especially for me, because I love collaboration and I love queers too. So, <laughs> and here we are. And I was shuffling during the whole time there. And, you know, I'm laughing because I think we got one of these. Oops. I think we got one of these cards last time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, this card here. First of all, the, the last card I'll show you in just a second. So this card here is the Emperor. And the Emperor is a very interesting card in this deck because it's actually a feminine presenting person. Um, and you can see, if you look up close there, they have a little rainbow on their shoulder. And that's really beautiful. They also have lipstick on. That's the only other things in color. Everything else is black and white, except for those two things, which I think is meant to draw them out. So number one, they have pink lips, meaning that they are very feminine. I think that's what they're trying to communicate here. And also the rainbow on their shoulder there, on their armor, right there on their shoulder. And that's meant to say as a warrior. And this emperor is a way of saying, in the past, what have we ruled over? And that this could be controlling your life, controlling your thoughts, controlling uh, who you are, or controlling what's around you. We've all been in a situation like that before where we're trying to control things and some of us are better at it than other times. And I'm looking at the next card going, uh, now I know where we're going with this. And so this card is to remind you of those times that you have 
had control of things or taking control of things. And that's what this is all about. And it's, it's really a card out holding your power. And it doesn't always have to be in a bad way, like controlling things in a bad way. It could also be in holding your power, meaning that you stand in your power, that you know what you're good at and you stand forward with it. That's what this also is. And it's a reminder about that. And the right now is uh, this card, which is actually a really cool card. It's the Two of Swords, and it's about choice. It's about having two sides. And it's also the battle of the thoughts, of the dark and the light, of having that within us. If you've ever had a part of you that's like, have a drink, and you're like, no, not another one. They're like, no, have a drink. And you're like, no, not another one. And right. And we've all had that part of us. Have another cupcake. That's what my voice says. And then the other voice says, no, don't have another cupcake. You've had enough. Okay. So that's the fight of the dark and light in us. And so it's also, this card is to remind you that that, that, that feeling of making choices, that that feeling of choices that that feeling inside of you, that that voice, that by the way, everybody has it, just a by the way. And also that you sometimes have to surrender to it. You have to sometimes surrender to the other voices in your head, right? Like, um, and sometimes that could be uh, um, listening to a spirit that telling you to stand up straight during, during a healing session because they're trying to help you out, right? And it's a little bit of surrender, surrendering control. That's what this is about. And especially in this final card, which is, I think we had this last time across or one yeah. other times. This is about performing and offering your gifts to the world. And I want, I think this is important that we talk about this in the second half, actually, um, and this is the act of letting go, of letting it come through you, of letting it just happen. And that's what this is about. This is about letting go of the control, surrendering to the control, letting those two voices just go, let them come and go, and just let them zoom in and zoom out and then see what comes through. And that's what this is all about. This is kind of a card where the performer it's the nine of pentacles there it is about your gifts and it is a performer that you can see she's kind of performing in front of a um an audience that's not really there or kind of there um they're not really defined in this piece of art this person it's all about the person actually and it's about the gift that they're giving this audience actually the energy that they're radiating in the earth and so that's what the whole reading is about. It's actually about your gifts and how you do it. And one of the ways to get to your gifts, that's what this reading is all about, is how to get to your gifts. How do you offer them is, first of all, recognize the part of you that wants to control it, the part of you that wants to define it and have it ruled and rule it and, you know, all of the parts of us that wants to control how it looks or how it comes out or if it makes money or not money or whatever, whatever's coming through in your gift. Um, 
and that there's some surrender that has to happen and some choices that you probably have to make and some surrender. And those two things are super important and that the dark and light exist in every single one of us. Okay. I assure you, we all have darkness and we all have light. Even the darkest of dark have light. From the darkest places come the brightest lights, actually. And this right here is all about presenting. Presenting it to the world and letting go and letting it flow through you. Some of us talk about flow. And if you know what that feels like, if you've ever played a musical instrument, if you've channeled or you're psychic or something just flows out of you, you ever just said something and go, wow, I just said that. Oops. Uh, that's probably because you were in the flow and you had surrendered and made some choices to surrender. And now you've gotten out of the way in a way. And uh, then therefore it can flow out of you. So that's what this reading is all about. It's all about us getting to our gifts and allowing our gifts to flow into the world. Right. Um because your gifts are super important. Everybody has a special gift, every single one of us. Um, and every single one of us has probably multiple reasons for being here on planet Earth right now. Um, even in this crazy times, right? <laughs> yeah. Even in these crazy times, there's actually a reason we're supposed to be here. And so that's what it's all about. Thank you all. And just remember, take what you like and leave the rest. If something was said that you're like, that doesn't resonate with me, just let it go. Don't worry about it. It was probably meant for somebody else. So anyway, um, anyway, I wanted to ask if there's anything in the chat that we should know about lacrosse. Yeah, there's um, right here, Evie. A lot of times it has been in conversations where people, sometimes friends or acquaintances may be asking for advice. Other times, even people I don't know who happen to be at an event I am at and suddenly found that it was resonating. Uh, somebody asked what deck this was. Um, that, that deck is called Love is Love. Mm -hmm. It's also, you can look it up on Amazon. It's called Pride, the Pride deck. My daughter just, my, oh my child, <laughs> my child just bought this for me because I bought it for them for their birthday. And then I said, I wish I'd bought one for myself. So they sent me one through Amazon today. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So you have the exact same deck, River. Well, Funny. it's a beautiful deck. You probably, you probably just now starting to work with it, eh? I, I, I literally just got it uh, five hours ago. So I have, I've barely had time to open the box. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. That's that. Isn't that funny? Um, anyway. <laughs> now, um, a, a question about the channeling. Now I, it's not just channeling like deceased people or channeling green beings. Channeling can be like when you were saying earlier, if a, if a person has a, a flow through them or, okay. Perfect example. I, when I did drag, I would channel that character that I created and actually become the character. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just so that's why I'm like, I'm just trying to get a better understanding on, on the, of what channeling is. So it's not only just necessarily channeling other people. It could be things you do in your daily life. That that's a form of channeling. Yeah. Um, channeling is one of those words that has multiple meanings. So there's channeling 
like I do, where I work with a being of light and I tell other people what the being of light is saying, or I go into trance and let them say it themselves. There's channeling where you're passing along messages from departed humans. And then there's definitely channeling where you're channeling another aspect of yourself. And that may be, you know, you may be getting contributions from outside yourself as well. The energies may be coming from outside you as well as from inside you. But that's definitely, being in the flow is definitely a type of channeling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lacrosse, I would say that when you're doing drag, that's channeling. Especially if you're channeling, like, a character. Um a lot of, I notice some performers do this. Um, if, if you're like, for me, it was Michael Jackson for you. It could be Edward Scissorhands or something. Um, and you're channeling the energy of that character and you know how you kind of get out of the way. Yeah. Let it flow. That's kind of what channeling can feel like. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to get out of the way. Don't you think, right. Ripper? It's like you got to get your mind to shh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like with that. This thing's like, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I, I mean, that that's why I do trance channeling sometimes, because when I'm doing trance channeling, I am out of the way. I'm in trance. Right. Right. And, you know, when I do relayed channeling, it's more of a collaboration because Shiva or Piakela is giving me the information, but it is being relayed through a human. And sometimes with, with my guide's permission, I do chime in with my own take on the subject. So it becomes more of a collaborative effort, but I still have to get out of my own way and hear what my guide is saying and trust that it's going to resonate for the person that I'm saying it to. And, you know, it, I, I can't be, all ego when I'm channeling. I, I have to let go of something. Is um is there any like don'ts with channeling? Like um with my indigenous tribe, they used to use a thing called kohova, which is like a hallucinogen, so that they can channel and enter into different realms and connect with different beings. Um, are there some like don'ts? Like some people are just like, no, we're not gonna do anything that influences the mind or anything, you know, some people like some indigenous tribes use peyote or, you know, things like that. Is there like any don'ts? To me, the only don't is don't give channeling to people without their consent. Mm -hmm. And again, that that's my personal ethical code. And I don't expect everybody to, to live by my code of ethics, right. but yeah, it's it's important. It's important to observe your own free will, your guide's free will, and the free will of anybody that you're talking to. If somebody feels that they channel better when they're using some type of assistive substance, then that's what works for them, and that's totally valid. For me, I. I, I can't drink alcohol. I am so allergic that mouthwash makes me land in the hospital. So, um, you know, I, I don't use anything except for Tylenol. Uh, but that's me, you know. 
but I do take antidepressant and I've had people tell me, well, you can't be an effective channel if you're taking a, a psychiatric medication. And my guides say, yes, you can, because that's what you're doing. <laughs> hmm. I, I think maybe it could even make you more effective because then you're getting out of the way a little better. <laughs> I, I mean, if, I, if I'm if i in a depression, I'm not going to be hearing anything and I'm not going to want to work with anybody. So, yeah, for, for me, the, the antidepressant actually helps. But, you know, they, to me, the only the only broad range don't, like I said, is don't violate your own free will or anybody else's. And other than that, it's down to what works for you and your guides. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you there. I agree with you on that one. That there's not a whole lot. Like, I mean, for me, I'm not into uh, hallucinogenics will send me over. Like, I'm too sensitive. Um, I've tried that. I've even tried uh, some other things. And some people, um, uh, some people seem to have a experience with things like ayahuasca and um i think it's okay for them um but it's not okay for me mm -hmm. um and uh no I, I don't say there's any don'ts except i would agree with the river that there's don't don't channel for somebody that's without <laughs> consent you know try to get somebody's consent try to get their consent yeah, and also don't channel for somebody who asks you if you don't feel that it's right to do. Like your own free will matters also. For sure. Yeah, because I don't like to uh I don't like to channel or read for people that that are in doubt of me. You're coming I work for a hotline, like a psychic hotline. Mm -hmm. If a person is already testing me as soon as I say hello. I just end the call there. I just tell them no. So, and I think I, and I'm not the only person. Have you ever had someone come to you river that is in doubt of you that has that testing energy? If you know what I mean? Like they I, 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 I've been fortunate. I haven't had that experience. Okay. I, I have had an experience where people didn't, they, they may have doubted, what they were getting into um but it didn't come across to me so i just went ahead and did my thing and let their mind be blown <laughs> I, I i i mentioned that i did channeling in a store up in maine and i actually quote unquote auditioned to do it at a second store where i was already doing energy healing and in order to do channeling there i had to do a session for the assistant manager of the store and I'm not sure what she expected, but I'm pretty sure she didn't expect Shiva to start talking about her relationship with her ex-husband. <laughs> and she got so freaked out that she literally stood up so fast, she knocked over her chair and yelled at me to never mention channeling in her store ever again. So I, I'm not sure that she that she doubted my skills, but I really think that she doubted what channeling was. Yeah. 
because that was not what she was looking for. Uh, not what she expected. Yeah. It was the answer to the question she had asked, or Shiva wouldn't have said it, but it wasn't the answer that she wanted. That's all. I think that's a lot of people. <laughs> they end up coming to these things. Um, and, and I think the most thing, like even with me being an atheist and not really believing in, in a lot of those things, it, it's coming with an open mind and being respectful. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't even, even if you don't like, yeah, maybe that doesn't vibe with me or I'm not cool with that, but just be respectful, you know, because some people just, they, like Hollis said, they'll come in with just this whole, you know, testing and, oh, let's see how much of a psychic you really are because people are just stupid. And at the end of the day, not having an open mind, you know, and, and I also believe like we, since we all have energy and we're interacting with each other all the time, sometimes the energies can, can hit a level where they, you know, they just connect Mm -hmm. and you can feel something from someone else or, or identify something from someone else. And it just comes out like you feel it, or maybe like the show we were talking about last week with empathy, you know, you just have such a degree that you can feel it and be able to be there with that person and connect and say, Hey, this happened to you or, you know, things like that. But I just think people should be more open-minded and respectful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Well, and so River, um, I'm pretty sure you offer some services, right? Like, I mean, you of course channel for people, but you also train people. Yes. Um, I've recently, with Piet Kela's, um, I'll call it nudging, he says encouragement. Um, I, I've started teaching people how to connect with their own guides, as well as um, teaching them how to channel. And I'm still in the, what I call the beta testing phase, because I like to work with these things until I'm comfortable before I introduce them broadly. So I've done um, guide connection sessions with a few friends and they had amazing results. They were so excited when they were able to actually hear their guides speaking to them. One of them didn't know anything about guides or channeling other than what I had told her. Like it wasn't part of her thing before that. So um, she was actually a a very good one to work with. Um, But I do offer guide connection sessions. It's a 30 to 45 minute session that includes, most people would call it a guided meditation, but for some trauma survivors, meditation doesn't work very well. So we tweak it for the needs of whoever we're working with. For example, a lot of a lot of channels when they teach the the uh, process, they say close your eyes. We give the option: close your eyes if it's comfortable for you. If it's not comfortable, keep your eyes open. Doesn't matter if your eyes are open or closed because that doesn't affect the energy. That just keeps you from getting distracted. Um, and I also offer I offer individual sessions. Um, that are about 90 minutes long to teach the basics of channeling. And I'm working on an eight-week in-depth course that people can take individually with me to learn channeling, 
to practice it, learn trance, learn relayed channeling, learn the ethics of it. Um, so that's something that I'm putting together as well. Fantastic. Beautiful. And, and you know, there's probably a thousand different ways, maybe a million different ways to learn channeling. Um, and, you know, River is one of them. And I, I like to um, lift you up because in the fact that you're non-binary, I think, is special, too, because... Um, I don't, I don't know that many non-binary psychics or any, or any channelers or anything, mm-hmm. um, but we do exist. Um, so, um, so I think that's awesome too. And I guess it, you, you, I would guess that you would create safe space for someone that's non-binary or trans or something like that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm non-binary. My child is transgender. Um, one of my best friends is transgender. I, I want a session with me to feel safe for anybody I'm working with. LGBTQ, etc. I'll get all the letters wrong if I try to say them all. Um, or trauma survivor, whoever you are, working with me is, is a safe space. Working with Shiva and Piatkela is a safe space. You know, that, that's why I, I gave my little compassionate catalyst tagline earlier, because I, I work very hard to make sure that whoever I'm working with feels supported and feels like they're in, like they're safe. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's all kinds of stories out there, um, you know, so um, that's what I always worry about with uh, gender variant people. I know I have my own stories. Um, being a gender variant person and having lots of gender variant friends. Um, I, you know, I even have stories. So of people bringing their own belief system, or maybe they do have, you know, guides that are uncomfortable with non-binary people. I don't know, but, um, you know, but I know for sure that it has been a thing in the past. So is there any comments we should know about lacrosse? Uh, Yeah, there were a couple. Um, this is kind of going back to when we were talking about the don'ts and I think fall more on one person. Okay. I'm sorry. I think that would fall more on one person when we were talking about the using enhancers. Um, I think that would fall more on one person, whether you may feel comfortable with or whom you may be channeling for. Uh, Evie wrote, there is a book called brain magic that talks about mimetic entities and how even channeling attributes we want to summon into our lives and want to express. So what I, Lacrosse was talking about with channeling can drag can be very powerful, particularly if one is in the transition. So well, that's interesting. I never heard of that book, but um, yeah. And talking about the other person, just to go back about talking about, um, yeah, I I've had um, a person that was on that was tripping. I don't, I think they were on acid or something. Um, and they started reading and scanning my body and that didn't feel good to me. Um, and I actually drew a boundary with them and I said, um, you know, I don't really appreciate you scanning me right now considering your condition. And I'd appreciate it if you didn't I don't want a reading from you right now. I know that you're under the influence and that triggers me. 
um, because I grew up in a home with a lot of people on drugs. So for me, I'm like, I can't get past the fact that you're on something right now. Um, so <laughs> that's actually happened to me. Um, and I had to draw a boundary. So I just want to say if that ever happens to you, and I think you're right, if you are using some sort of substance, you definitely need to check in with the person that you want to read or whatever. And I realized that he was, he was under the influence and maybe didn't think about consent. And again, there's the problem. Right. Therein lies the problem. Um, right. Cause I don't want him reading me. I don't want you scanning my body if you're tripping. Right. Right. And I think that's it because like usually anything that you're going to use as an enhancer is exactly that. It's only going to amplify, but it also leaves you more open and uh yeah and when you're more open you don't know what's going through you or what's coming out of you and you can't really control it so that's why i was like asking about don'ts you know i mean it's i guess to loosen up a little bit is one thing because i know when i used to perform i would do like a shot right before i went on and then that's it you know i'd be like i just need it because of the nerves and whatever but or or to help me hit that okay i am edward or i am the joker you know but it, it's you know but you don't want to be drunk, right no right exactly <laughs> no. because then i don't want to be slosh falling all over people <laughs> all right those shows didn't turn out too well <laughs> no they never do <laughs> but but yeah i think that's that's why it's 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 scary to to know because you don't know what you're not really controlling and mm -hmm. you don't know what you're going to say to that person or hurt that person or cause some type of damage mm -hmm. so yeah. And uh, I appreciate his compassion when he did that to me. I'm just going to say that I was, he knew I was having health problems. Right. So, right. you know, anyway. Yeah. anyway. Um, and then I think, uh, I never heard of that book, Eve, but I'm glad, glad you shared it with us. And, um, I think, I think all channeling is powerful and could affect your life in a lot of different ways. And I think we've talked about some of it, but without channeling, um, and without being in contact with my guides, just personally, I probably would have never ended up traveling the country in a camper van visiting nursing homes for five years, which was a dream come true for me. That may not be a year dream, but it was my dream since I was a little kid. Um, and, you know, I used to see that I had this kid on my bus that lived in a bus and I thought he was the coolest thing since <laughs> dirt. And really? I was like, yo, you travel in a bus and you live in that bus and you travel all over and you've been to the Grand Canyon. You know, I just thought this kid was cool. But um, one of the ways that I came up with Let's Dance was I was working in a nursing home and being oppressed because I was a drag king. And I was like, how do I get out of this? This is, this is, I'm in the middle of freaking Amish country and I hate yeah. this place and I had been demoted they were trying to fire me um and I felt trapped um and I was trying to get out and literally my guides were like they're gonna put you on a job a special job and they're actually they put people on this job to try to fire them and they did yeah. um they they did they put me on this job where they would expect people to fall on for you 
uh, they have dementia and they would put certain nurses on this job so that people would fall on your clock so that they could fire you. And so uh, they put me on this job and um, I played my partner's music and, and it was like, I knew it was like my guides kept, they were like, just trust me, just keep going. Just do this now, now play Brighthawk's music. Now notice what that does. Now dance with these people. They need exercise, dance with them. And I did. And it kept people from falling. And when I left that job, I left out a choice because I was about to travel the country in a van, which was my dream come true, right? And so, and that would have never happened if I was not connected to my guides. I would have never realized it. I would have never done drag. The night that I went out to drag... I said to my transgender friend, I was, I was actually depressed and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in a really bad spot. I'm depressed. I hate my job. I hate this place. And, um, she was like, look, you know, well, let's go out and have a drink. Where do you want to go? And I was like, all right, let's go to the lesbian bar. And we went, we went and I witnessed, um, I witnessed Mitch, uh, I'm sorry, Derek. Uh, proposed to Jade Devere and I was there and then I later came behind stage and asked how I could get involved in drag and that's how I came to drag but that was because there were my guides were pushing me because if it had been up to me I would have just stayed doing the same damn thing you know (laughs) like River, River I'm sure you've had some experiences that without getting in touch with your guides that your life would be different otherwise. Oh, absolutely. Um, pretty much my entire life. Actually, I probably wouldn't have a life if I didn't have my guides. Um, but I wanted to go back to something you said too, Hollis, about your guides kind of nudging you. A lot of people don't realize that they have guides, but they get those nudges and they think, Oh, you know, I, I just had this random idea or, you know, they, they feel like they have to go into this bookstore that they've never been in before that they didn't even know existed. And they find exactly the book that was exactly the answer that they needed. You know, that, that happens to people all the time and they don't always realize that it's their guides that are kind of behind that little nudge. So if you've ever had those little nudges, you, you have, that's, that's your guides. They're helping you out there. Um, but for me, you know, I, sometimes it's my intuition. Sometimes it's my guides. Sometimes it's a combination of them. But like the night that I met my husband, um, I wasn't planning to meet my husband. I wasn't planning to meet anybody. It was at a a friend's barbecue and it was a group of people that knew each other through a dating site. Obviously not everybody was dating everybody, but you know, that was how we all knew each other. And I went and introduced myself to this guy that I'd seen in the chat room and his face lit up and he's like, oh my gosh, I was hoping you'd be here. And the whole night I was checking in with Shiva, like, is this supposed to be happening? Cause this is weirding me out right now. And he's like, just, it's safe. This is a safe person for you. Just go with it. 
I, I was always very, very careful about who came to my house because I had kids. And um, the day after I met my husband, he said, can I come to see you? I really need to see you again. And I thought, my kids are here. I can't bring him here with my kids here. And Shiva said, yes, you can. And so I said, all right, but if I tell you to leave, you're leaving. And my husband said, absolutely. I'm not going to stay if you don't want me there. And, you know, that was in 2008. So obviously Shiva had 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 some knowledge that I didn't have and it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened to me with Brighthawk. Yeah. Cause I, I, we had already been friends, but I didn't, I didn't plan on presenting Let's Dance to her. I, I wasn't even sure it was supposed to be her, except that I had used her music and it, it had a special touch with people to, with dementia. And I wasn't sure she could follow through or was even interested. Um, but I did know that she had lost her job recently. She had gotten laid off. And I was like, and it just shot out of my mouth faster than I could pull it back in. I had already said it. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing, huh? And uh guess she's coming here in September and we're going to try this on. And that's what happened. Um, I invited her to my home um, to stay with me for a month while we tried on Let's Dance. And of course, as you can figure out, it works like magic. Um, so I'm sure this has even happened to you, Lacrosse, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I... I like to think more intuition on my part or uh, hopefully a little common sense. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, definitely. I, I've had it where, you know, just sometimes I just follow that gut instinct or, or follow the energy vibe wherever it leads. And sure enough, I'm surprised at the end. That's how I got my wife. So I was, I, you know, it was funny the night I met her where I was performing and uh, Kamori made me change the music which I don't do that to my, to my performances. Um, I had a set song with a set character. I don't change it. And she's like, no, change the music, change the music. Uh, these are, this is a different crowd. So you have to have something more lively and dancey or whatever. I said, okay. So I brought her up. To, so because it was a dance number, I brought her up to dance and the rest is history. So yeah, you follow the energy, you follow the spirit, you follow the guide. There you go. And wow. sure enough, and now here we are married. Even though I, she'll tell you, I, I was smitten. And I tell her, no, you were smitten. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, That's really crazy. magical. Yeah. That's really amazing. Yep. That even that that, that that person even had the whatever to tell Oh, Kamora, yeah. Kamora <laughs> was just like, no, changing the music. And then it, didn't, it wasn't even really a choice. Because that's how Kamora runs her show. She's just like, no. I said, no, and it's no. You're going to put this, you're going to change it, or you're not doing the number. And I'm like. <laughs> that would totally throw me off, too. I'm with Oh, you. my God. Well, you know what? I did it. I mean, it's her show. So I'm like, okay. So, but, and good thing I did. Right. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just, wow. Okay. <laughs> Is there any other um, comments? Uh, yeah, here, uh, Evie wrote, 
I would think there are more non-binary psychics than we might think are out there. Just finding each other is the tricky part. I think you're probably right, Eve. Yeah. 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 Uh, Seer actually gave us some nice compliments. First time watcher of this show, although I watch a lot of WLFE. TV radio shows, River's giving a lot of information. Hollis has a great smile and having good information. And <laughs> Thank the process you. is a good interview. <laughs> and I'm enjoying the show. Thank you, Sierra. We're yeah. so glad you're here. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, and Jason popped in, sending you all love and positive energy. Thank you, Jason. We can feel it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, yeah. Is there anything else that we should cover? Because I know, do, do you have a dream yet? Across the no, I, I have nobody sent a dream yet. Okay. So. so if you have a dream, send it up, my friends. I've had crazy dreams, but I, I always <laughs> get my dreams interpreted. So I want I want other people to, to get their dreams forward. Well, here's, oh. you know what, maybe we should do a flip up because, you know, the beauty of being a dream interpreter is you can't always dream, you can't always interpret your own. So, yeah. Right. And me, okay. I had, I had a crazy one. So here, maybe I should throw one at you this time. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I had a dream, of course, zombie apocalypse was happening. <laughs> I don't know why I always dream of the zombie apocalypse. Um, and of course, everybody's running around at my, my stepdaughter started she started feeling sick and she literally projectiled vomit and it went and she went around like a sprinkler and hit me in the face with it and all i could be is like kara why would you do such a thing to me and she's like i can't help it. i'm like oh my god this is so disgusting and then i woke up so <laughs> wow well so so your apocalyptic dream is it really like a zombie apocalypse where yeah. everybody's in zombies mm -hmm. okay and so immediately, like, I first of all, I have a lot of apocalyptic dreams, and I'm laughing because I just had an apocalyptic dream last night. Bitch. Anyway, so you, so zombie apocalypse is, I'm pretty sure it's an awareness that in the world that people are checking out. Now, River, I want to invite you to add anything to dream interpretation. If you're getting any hits, I want to invite you. But also, I want to say, Lacrosse, like, the zombie apocalypse dream, every time I have it, it's because I've had some sort of recent experience where people weren't listening because they were checked out on their phone, on whatever. Um, a TV show or, you know, whatever it is. And then, um, and so I want to address that part first. Like if that's happened recently in your life, you may just want to kind of pay attention to that. And if it happens with someone you love and you're near, I sometimes will tell Brighthawk, I'll be like, let's just put the phones down for a minute. And she totally does um, because she doesn't like, she, it doesn't, it happens to her too, you know? And she's kind of happy for those few minutes or whatever we take, right? So I just want to say that to you too and give you that tool. Um, and the other part that screams out to me, of course, is the vomit, the, gross, <laughs> the grossness of it. And yeah. so I'm wondering, I don't know if it was her, like, I don't know what she represents to you, but isn't she a teenager? 
No, my youngest is 10. Oh, Kara, okay, well, my even... stepdaughter, yeah. So preteen, okay. Yeah. But is there an emotional vomit in the household? Sometimes, as especially young people, as they start to have hormonal changes, they can emotionally vomit all over the entire house, including yeah. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and me, it's hard because I don't work well till they hit teenager. Like, like, and I admit that as a parent, you know, I, I was, I, I'm not good when they're little. I'm not good when they're that age because to me, I'm just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I just don't register anything, I, but I, you know, of course she's a kid, you know? So right. when, when, when she's coming up and just blah, 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 I'm like, uh, okay. So she has the word vomit. Oh, okay. So We're, it might be that, like, your brain is trying to process that entire experience, and maybe she talks checked out. Um, which, if you've ever maybe I'm it, checked out. Maybe it's on. making you check, check out. Because <laughs> I'm just like, it's. <laughs> I literally get confused. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. Because normally when I do the zombie. Because I have them all the time. And I know how I see zombies. To me, these are just energy vampires. People who just eat and eat and eat. And they're never satisfied. And they just consume. And that's how I see most of society. Mm. On a daily. Because I'll just see people. Oh, my God. You guys are just parasites. You use no compassion. No kindness. You just eat. You feed. You know. So I know usually what they mean. But this one kind of caught me for a loop because she was in it and she was just like it was like a sprinkler, chick, 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 all the vomit just coming out and hitting me right in the face. Well, I know that I've met some kids that can talk yeah. so much that I check out. Yeah. Um, that I'm like, I don't mean to check out on this poor right. kid. Right. Yeah. Poor kids exactly. probably need somebody to listen <laughs> to them, and here I am checking out. And yeah. you know what? That might just mean that you need a little bit more personal time so that you can be more present with her when you are, when she does do that. So, you know, just be prepared for her to do that. Yeah. Um, be Know that that's who she is. And that's some kids are just naturally chatty. If I looked at her astrology chart or Mercury's probably um, combust her son or something like that, um, which just makes her chatty. Um, some, and, and sometimes they just need something to channel that into. I was a chatty kid and see, I do a talk show. Um, so, um, <laughs> and, but, uh, but definitely I've, I've definitely met kids that would make it out. How about you? You got something? Um, the, the first thing I thought of when lacrosse mentioned the vomit sprinkler was word vomit. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, based on what you said, lacrosse, that you usually interpret the zombie part as, you know, your, your stepdaughter's kind of word vomiting at you and it's draining you. It mm -hmm. feels draining when you have to listen to this word vomit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I did homeschooler all year and now it's summer and it was, it was rough, but I mean, she's a good kid. I mean, she's such a good kid. But boy, she can go. Yeah, and even, <laughs> you know, even the sweetest kid, oh, yeah. when when it's talk, 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 and when you don't get a break, like when you're homeschooling, yeah. it is draining. Yeah. And so it it may just be that you need to 
set some boundaries with her or you need to set a time when you when you say, you know, I'm going to take some time for myself and I will listen to you when my time for myself is over. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> she probably does need somebody to listen to her, and she probably yeah, because yeah, she's homeschooled, so she's she gets lonely, and I get it, you know. But you know, she's going, going back? back to school <laughs> this fall. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like one year. I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> right. Mm-mm. It's not an easy job. I know. I d- mm. I've done it. Yeah. Um, and, it's yeah. it's weird though that you've had an apocalypse um, dream because I had an apocalypse dream last night where everybody on so everybody on the east coast was being evacuated because of um, a tsunami and flooding, and water was coming also down out of Canada and flooding the Great Lakes, and unfortunately, although it was summertime like september or something vermont was covered in ice and i don't know why vermont i've never even been to vermont which very few i've been to almost every state in the united states but vermont is one that i haven't and um for some reason the whole street was covered in ice and people were pushing their stuff on sleds and um I had a full house. I already had friends from Massachusetts that had been flooded out that were at my house. And um, they were announcing on the TV that they wanted the people from the East Coast to head west towards Colorado. And I was like, no, don't come here. (laughs) And all the refugees, you know, and I'm like, no. Stop um, this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was a little like, no, and uh, that's what I woke up. So, because um, I, I was a little freaked out that yeah. they were, they couldn't send them into like Arizona and the and California because um, it was too hot and everything's on fire over there. So um, it was too hot, like 135 degrees. And so they're saying all this on the news. They couldn't go into the South down in Texas or anything like that because that's all flooded. Um, So all of these places are flooded and and all of these refugees are headed towards the center of the country to the high ground, which is the Rocky Mountains. Um, And uh, so it was a little unnerving to wake up with this, but I also have apocalyptic dreams. So if anyone gets anything on that, I'm totally like. <laughs> what on an interpretation? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, it's overwhelmed. You are so overwhelmed, and this is not just like just the show, or there's just so many different directions that all this stuff is coming at you that you feel overwhelmed. You're drowning. Mm. Everything's being submerged. It's underwater. You know. And then freezing up, you know, it's still water. Ice. Well, that's my trauma response. My trauma response is to freeze. Freeze, right? So uh, that's uh, that sounds like you're just really, really overwhelmed. Really have a lot going on, like whether it's your health or you know things like that, and it's just it's it's taxing on you. It's really taxing on you. Well, clearly, because my adrenals are being treated medically right now. Wow. So, 
Um, so it might have something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, with my health and stuff and still, um, managing a lot of different things, but, um, but also feeling like I'm getting my energy back. Right. So I also feel good about like some things like I've started doing the audible and my book and things like that. So I'm kind of excited about that and, um, being able to get back to that and get that recorded and out there in the world, uh, I feel like my book will be more accessible. So um, I'm excited about that. But anyway, so what a yeah, let's go because once it's on Audible, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting it because that's how I listen to books. I don't read. I know. So, and yeah. and Candace, uh, who's blind, who's been on the show before, that's how she listens to book is on Audible. So yeah. I'm kind of like keep her in mind too. Um, yeah. And lots of people have said, oh, you're putting it on Audible and they're excited about it. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. So anyway, and River, do you have anything else that you want to add to the show as we have our last couple of minutes here? I, I'm just really excited to have been part of the show. This was so much fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoy it. And I told you that. Like at some point we we are going to talk about energetic healers and I have a few people in mind where we can have a bigger panel, like four or five of us. We can have up to, I think, 10 of us um, and um, where we would actually all talk about energetic healing because I think that's its own little conversation and so many people come at it from so many different directions. I'm always amazed at the different ways that it can be done. Like I'm sure lacrosse... Um, the Taino culture probably oh. has its own way, just like you were saying, you guys have your own way of channeling, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that that's totally awesome. And, you know, um, and I've, I've uh, come in contact with the Mayan way of healing um, and Reiki. So, and the, the Mayan way is called Iriku. Um, so uh, I think there are so many different realms of energetic healing but i think the part that's interesting is how what the parts that they share just Mm -hmm. like channeling the parts that we share which is like what parts does channeling share no matter how you do it which is get out of the way (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much pretty much that's what it boils down to it boils down to get out of the way and how do you go about doing that whether you choose to take a substance or or trance out or listen to music or um or to or for me it's breaths i take i take certain i take breaths and i literally blow the clouds away um and clouds represent thoughts for me um so yeah i think there's you know there's similarities and differences and i love celebrating i love the rainbow so i like (laughs) as many colors as possible um right Absolutely. all right right. well river it's been a grand time i'm so grateful that you came on and across thanks for helping me especially today see brother (laughs) what this show wouldn't have happened without you I don't true, know what true. we would have done. Oh. I have like five percent left on my. Phone, oh my! God. If you can believe it, <laughs> you're just making it. I'm just oh. making it, and thank you, Spirit, for making it happen and allowing it to happen. And me driving and going, oh look, there's a tower, um, <laughs> <laughs> and turning around and coming back. 
So, oh. and thank you, Across, for oh, being no. available to make sure the show happens. And thank you, River, for coming on the show today and taking your time out to talk about this really important issue and this really important subject. And thank you to all the audience, all of you out there watching our show tonight. Thank you. I'm just going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so eternally grateful for your input, your questions, your comments. We love you. And I just posted in the Rainbow Soul group. Hey, Lacrosse, there's a banner for the Rainbow Soul group. I just made a post. If there's a subject that you would like to see Rainbow Soul or person, like you're like, oh, you guys have to meet such and such post it in the group in the rainbow soul group and um on the post i just posted the post like maybe two days ago so you should find it right up in there and i'll try to pin it to the top and if there's a subject that you think we should talk about oh, he, chime in i want to hear it i want to know it because i'm scheduling september and october right now i'm talking to people just search for Rainbow Soul in groups and you'll find it. Um, and if you can't find it, send a message to me or just comment and, and I'll try to send you the direct link. Okay? And thank you. Thank you to the audience. Thank you, Lacrosse. And thank, thank you, yeah. River. Yep. And thank, thank you, guys. You. If I didn't get to all your comments, I am sorry. <laughs> Hollis is very good at that. Me, not so much. So I'm sorry. But we will try and get back to the comments once everything's posted. All right. So, all right, guys. Have a good one. Oh, Support Rainbow Soul. Check out the Rainbow Soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt. A variety of colors and styles to suit your taste. Show off your love for Rainbow Soul. Get Cool designs with your favorite quotes. Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul, putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique Rainbow Soul merchandise at rainbowsoul.show. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline Follow us on social media of your choice and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group, where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine. <laughs>